Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Not too much, Mike. We have another set review here for Modern yeah. Horizons 2. And uh, to our viewers who are eyes are glazing over, remember, we don't do the usual set review. We nope. do the group hug, chaos slug, stack, symmetric social contract set review yeah we only look at cards that are interesting to us and not interesting to everyone else right and well the ones that are particularly interesting yeah there's some but like the ones that are particularly interesting to us as this podcast and what we lean into which is the you know the political feel the the much more table involvement feel like don't get me wrong i we talked about it a little bit off uh air as we were getting ready today for the Supercalifragilis, BXBalidocious Commander. Asmorella, um, Golgunga, is it Raskolnikov, Expedalidocious? So yeah, see, the thing yeah. is, I like you could be totally off and totally 100% accurate. I was accurate, just I listening to the Command Zone episode, and Josh like, quite clearly practiced it because yeah. he, at every opportunity he was saying it, and he got it right every time. <laughs> There's the. It's that or it's got to be a bunch of edits. And I don't yeah. think they do those edits really anymore because they're just like, you know what? We're doing okay. We're just going to roll through this stuff. Yeah. And with that, I think that's what we're going to do. We're, You know what? I'm still going to edit it because me and you make way too many mistakes. Uh, but oh, that's boy. Like, but that's because we do our very best, everybody. We're mm-hmm. magic players just like you. So let's go ahead and roll through it. And we've got a cycle. We've got we've got a a kind of a returning mechanic that is fun and I, I again it follows the i've accidentally built a deck a couple months ago that leans into the thing that we're actually trying Did to do you? so yeah i i made a i made a joyra deck which right um it does the thing that right. joyra does and oofa doofa but only a couple of these cards too many, there. Uh, you probably don't run too many actual suspend cards in joyra right because i run a bunch really actually yeah i i tried to make it more of a time counters and suspend uh, I, I made it more of a suspend deck with a lot of remove time counters from cards deck so okay i got like all of those and that and, and even then that's not a ton but right if a if a third of the spells that you can cast are either things that do work with suspend or do affect suspended cards then yeah i guess that's part of the theme so why don't we go into these weird suspend cards, and uh, we can start with the color pie. Sure. Why don't you go ahead and tell me about a resurgent belief here? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. So uh, this cycle is a suspend cycle, mm-hmm. uh, and the commonality between them is that they are all based on other spells, but none of them have a casting cost, Mike. And okay. I don't mean that their casting cost is zero mana. I mean that they literally don't have a casting cost. They do cost. not have one. Right. Um, and what that means is that you can't cast them through any normal means. Uh, there are some ways to get around this. For example, you can cascade into them and then mm-hmm. cast them for, for zero. Um, there are some effects that let you cast a card from your hand without paying its mana cost. Right. Uh, you can do that. But under normal circumstances, the only way to cast these cards is by suspending them. So let's go ahead and read what Suspend does, and then we'll look at some of these cards, Mike. Sure. Um, so Suspend says uh, Suspend N, which is a number of turns and then a cost. Rather mm-hmm. than cast this card from your hand, you may pay N or you may pay that cost, and exile it with end time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter, and then when the last time counter is removed, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. And if it's a creature, it gains haste. Um, okay. 
so basically the the effect of that is that you this this is quite a bit like foretell which is a recent mechanic suspend is sure. a much older mechanic but suspend is um, even a little bit more playing to the strengths of what we like to do because when you suspend a card mike unlike foretell where you exile face down suspend you exile face up that's why we're talking about these cards today, because everybody knows that these cards are coming. It's got a big countdown clock on it. Everyone mm-hmm. knows when it's going to happen. Uh, so let's let's get right into it here. Resurgent Belief is a white card yeah. for no mana cost. Um, and as you can see, if you're looking at this card, this is the last thing I'll talk about before we get in. You can see no, there's a okay. color indicator. A color indicator is a little dot next to the type line that indicates the color of the card, which is important because... The color of the card is normally determined by the mana cost, which this but card does no not But there's no mana have. cost, right. yeah. You may have seen this before on cards like uh, Pact of Negation and other cards that have no mana cost. Um, so this is a white card. It has Suspend 2 for 1 and a white. That means that you can uh, exile it as a special action. It'll take two turns after this turn, and it costs 1 and a white to do it. Um, it says, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, so this is based... <laughs> Excuse me. So this is based on Replenish, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal, like, it's one of the most powerful oh, yeah. white cards ever printed. It's, what is it, like $80 right now? It's the same I, thing. It, Three it and a white be more, the yeah. same thing. Um, reanimating all of your enchantments. We've talked about this before. This is particularly relevant. Now, the reminder text has something, but this isn't, it's only tangentially related. It says that auras with nothing to enchant remain in your graveyard i Mm -hmm. want to talk about the r's mike because you know this by now but not all of our listeners know this when you reanimate an aura or when it enters the battlefield through any means other than by being cast such as with this card it can enchant things that have shroud or hexproof because you're not targeting it it. it's just entering the battlefield enchanting it's so gross it is it's really gross uh mike how do you feel about this card uh so i have an enchantress deck um, this will immediately go in it. Yeah, but this is here, nasty. But here's the main point of this card, as far as I'm concerned. I have, like, probably three decks that I would be happy to slot this into mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily Enchantress decks. They are just... This is a very powerful card. It is, yeah. For... Yeah, okay, you have to wait a couple turns. It's right. two mana. It's yeah, two let's, mana. Let's talk about that upside and the downside. So the upside is it's two mana. You're right. This is for the <laughs> for the actual mana cost, two mana. This is uh, extremely underpriced. Yes. Uh, however, you're right. It has that suspend too. And during those two turns, so let's count through that. You cast the spell on your main phase. Mm-hmm. Then it goes around the table. Then your next upkeep, you t- put one time counter on it or take one off, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then you take your whole turn. Everyone takes their turn, and then you take the second one off on the yes. on your second turn following. And then at that time, you choose whether you want to cast it or not. If you choose not to cast it, it remains in exile forever. If you choose to cast it, you cast it for free. And you have to do it on your uh, on your upkeep. Yes. Now, so replenishes. It's on the reserve list. It's extremely expensive. Yep. Um, and it actually costs more to cast than this, but it it doesn't suspend. Right. So the reason why we're talking about this, but I wouldn't be talking about Replenish, is because this has kind of the political edge that we're looking for. You can play this card, and when it resolves, 
it's not going to be as feels bad of a situation because you've telegraphed your move mm-hmm. to everybody else at the table. So they have they have options. A lot of people were, you know, complaining about this card. They'll say, oh, well, if you play this card and suspended, then other people will uh, exile your graveyard. That's sure. I think that's the intended move here. If yeah. you give people the opportunity to make moves against you uh, and they simply don't, then it's not going to be like, oh, my God, Mike's deck is so powerful. Look at all the auras he reanimated. It's, right. well, Mike made a move, and we had the opportunity, and we just couldn't do it. So I think the big upside for this, other than the mana cost, Mike, is it reduces the feels-bad situations. Uh, it does, but it does one other thing, too. Yeah, what's up? Whenever you put a ticking clock on something for a countdown where mm-hmm. it's, hey, if you want to deal with it, you either have to remove my entire graveyard or... You have to stop the spell when it happens on my upkeep a couple turns from now. Right. I have no problem with somebody holding on to a counterspell to stop this move that I've telegraphed. Yeah. Because I would rather them do that than for me to cast Replenish out of my hand and them to counter it then. Because now they're actually ruining my plans. Right. The other thing that happens when when you can play something like this and you say, hey, beware the boogeyman, is you can sneak in a whole lot of other scary boogeymen <laughs> into the actual That's battlefield true. because they're worried about that thing that could happen in the past. If I this, win two turns from now, yeah. I don't care if you held on to a counterspell. This is a, a counterspell magnet. You're right. Most suspend yeah. spells are, and you're right, they have to wait until your upkeep two full turns from now with mm-hmm. that counterspell, which means they have to hang on to it that whole time, and it means that on the last turn they have to remember to keep that mana up. And you're right, during that entire time, you could be playing even bigger threats to maybe even bait out the counterspell even earlier, and then you get the re- the replenish or the mm-hmm. resurgent belief. Um, but you're right, it forces people to make choices, and it encourages uh, thoughtful play, and it creates an atmosphere of, I'm giving you the opportunity to see my plan and to counteract it, rather than just popping off and, oh, I won with this, this, and this, and you don't even have any opportunity to stop me. This is right. a, it's a more gentle spell. Um, and because it's more gentle, it has that upshot of being two mana, which is phenomenal. Right. So I'll tell you what, this yeah. is a very cool card. It has yeah. a very cool effect. Yeah. And as far as we're concerned, suspend is one of those things that it is, it's fun politically. Yeah. It's fun to show everybody hey, this is what I'm planning on doing in a couple of turns, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very powerful effect, like we said, and it's a great effect for white. There's a bunch of spice to this uh, to this set, though. Can we can we lean into a blues uh, Let's see it. card for this with yeah. Inevitable Betrayal? Um, so this is Suspend 3, one generic blue-blue. Search target opponent's library for a creature card and put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Then that player shuffles. So, bribery. That's right. I was going to ask if you knew which one it was. This one is bribery. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad! Bribery is a (laughs) very powerful effect. And uh, before we go into the actual uh, little ins and outs of this card, let's Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about uh, how bribery works or how inevitable betrayal works because they're the sure. same effect and yes. how how that works specifically with respect to uh, when you've stolen something and then you lose the game, which mm-hmm. you probably won't be because you just stole someone's best creature, but you might. 
Uh, when that happens, because you've stolen it out of their library and they never had control of it, it actually is exiled when you lose the game, if that player is still in the game. Right. So even though it's theirs and you took it, they don't get it back. Mm-hmm. That's a really powerful upshot, Mike, that a lot of people aren't thinking about when they look at this card. No, no. And it, I understand that basically the turn that you cast this, you have to wait three more turns before mm-hmm. it resolves. Totally understand. What are they going to do? Like, get all the creatures out of their deck? They can't. Right. This is one of those things that... The way that you stop suspend spells are you target the thing that would be an issue or you counter the spell. Mm -hmm. We were talking before about Resurgent Belief being a card that you would hold up a counter spell for. And if you do, okay, fine. Like, I've got other stuff I can do. A three mana, I'm going to take the best creature out of your deck. Mm Mm-hmm is something that, even knowing what I just said, I would absolutely save a counterspell for this. That's the thing is, uh, when you suspend this, this is uh, there's a little bit more to talk about here than, than the white one, because mm-hmm. for the white one, everybody will constantly know and or constantly be asking, okay, what auras are in your graveyard, so let's keep an eye on this. Or yes. At least they should be. But for this card, there's really no way to keep track of it because number one everyone's library is a hidden zone they can't inspect it but number Mm -hmm. two you don't choose the opponent until you cast the card right so it's basically impossible to defend against this without a counter spell let's let's lean into it and the and the way that i think you and i like this as well right this is a make like the worst case scenario with this is hey let's make a deal we got to take out this guy yeah Let's go we get the best take, thing out of your deck and let's, just blow let's, them up. Yeah, J- Jason's going off here. Yeah. We, we've we got to grab something. So who has the best thing for us to basically tutor out onto the battlefield? I'll never use it against you. Right. Something along those lines. That can really, really help this out. Because, yeah, you can go for a random library and just get what you get. But if you cut a deal, people know, I hope they know, what's in their library Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can tell you, it's like, hey, I got a Darksteel Colossus in here. If you want, like, to completely destroy sure. Dana, like, you can pull it out. Mm-hmm. But after that, you need to sacrifice it and or don't use it against me. Well, and here's the other thing. And this is why I like this card in the way that it's built. You referenced it earlier. If you take it from somebody's library and yeah. then they die, well, then you lost the thing. So the right. person you want to hit least is the one that you actually target with this. So it's almost a encourages it really yeah. is it's a hey that's ingenious, you yeah. and i for a lot of reasons here we, need to start we should together. make a deal yeah and yeah because yeah, if we kill each of... other then like if i kill you with this i'm gonna lose it yeah you're right like yeah. that's you don't want to be doing that so even like you can basically the deal crafts itself really mm-hmm. it's it's right there on the card this is a phenomenal card now it's worth noting this is suspend three so yes. this takes longer to resolve it or does. be cast and resolved than, than the other one. Um, just keeping that in mind. These are all Absolutely. extremely expensive on pre-order. The last one was 15. This one's 20. Everybody wants these cards, Mike. They're great. Let's move on to uh, the black one. How about that? Yeah. Profane Tutor. Yeah. It's a sorcery for no mana cost. Suspend two, one, and a black. Pretty good. Search yep. your library for a card. Put that card into your hand and shuffle. This is interesting. This is ridiculous. Yeah. 
this is okay so like demonic tutor obviously you know top tier all that good stuff of course right yeah you know is i don't know that there's a lot of better turn to plays in black than profane tutor we need to seriously talk about how this synergizes perfectly with the layout of the turn let's walk Mm -hmm. through the turn so you cast this you wait two full rounds on your upkeep you cast it and resolve and then you go to your draw step and put that card into your hand immediately hold on hold on reread the card you search your library for cards and then put it into your hand it's even better than you're saying (laughs) they're they're new cards people need to forgive us it's reading the card explains the card (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you're going to put it in your hand, and then you're going to draw another card. That's another thing that we haven't quite talked about yet, and it's kind of implicit. And this, you might be like, oh, well, obviously that's how it works. But it's worth talking about. When you are suspending a card, this is a small mana investment in advance. On the actual turn that you cast it, you don't pay anything. So Mm -hmm. now you have all of your mana available to do whatever you want with this awesome card you just tutored for. Yep. Yep, and here's the thing. We talked about the foretell mechanic and how it was nice to get basically a discount right. by paying a little bit of mana ahead of time to do something else later. This is a full discount. The suspend mechanic is, hey, either you're getting a really big discount to wait or you're paying at most the same price that you would be paying to wait a little bit longer. Like a two mana tutor two turns from now at your upkeep and just put that card in your hand is awesome. That that that's that's an amazing ability. Black is awesome at tutoring, and it just got another really really good one. Now let's uh, briefly have a word about the art here. This is by Richard yeah. Ken Ferguson. Uh, Richard Ken Ferguson is of course famous for having done the art for uh, Dak and Black Blade back in Legends. Yep. And Black Blade Reforged back in I think it was Dominaria or War. When did that come out? Uh, Dominaria. Okay. And uh, and then in this set, he he made Dakin Shadow Slayer. And in this card, it actually is Dakin Blackblade holding the Blackblade. Uh, yeah. And you can see his style is it's very distinctive. He has almost this like splatter effect. It mm-hmm. feels very visceral and primal. It's and, nice. Uh, he's, he's an interesting artist. And the other part of it is, is that... The hammer being used to reforge the black blade too. Like, is this it basically combining as, all yeah. art? I like. Now, I, is, it's a very cool one. Who's that off on the side? I don't know who that is. Oh, buddy, I wish I could tell you. Uh, Somebody I'm, will I'm be able to let lore, us know. Yeah, if you're big on lore, tell us who that is in the corner of profane tutor art. But, I, I uh, know I've heard. I, I know I've heard who it was, and it was one of those names that I went, "Oh, okay." Like I recognize. Do you think it, it's as Morty Vanifar Vest? No, super no, no, pretty, pretty sure it's not. Um, But you know what? That's because uh, as as he likes to be the chef and this is different. I'm I'm good with this. (laughs) Mike, tell me about uh, the red card in the cycle glimpse of tomorrow. Oh, this is this is in my wheelhouse, Alex. Your wheelhouse, huh? Uh huh. Uh, So this is the red one. Suspend three for red, red. Shuffle all permanents you own into your library, then reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put all non-aura permanent cards revealed this way onto the battlefield, then do the same for aura cards, then put the rest on the bottom of your library oh in a God. random order. <laughs> Mike, so, uh, this is, is this just an auto-include in every chaos deck now? 
Well, it's an auto include in every chaos deck. You know what else it's an auto include in? Every tokens deck that's mm-hmm. ever been made ever. in red. Yeah. In red. Yeah. And in fact, there there are some decks that I have that have tokens and don't have red. And I went, eh, I could, but maybe not. I, I This is definitely going to try and lean me into right. doing that more. So you're right. When you have tokens, you're getting a lot of value out of this because the majority of the cards you're going to pull are lands. Yeah. And more tokens means more lands. Yeah. Because you're going to hit more. Um, now, obviously, you don't get to keep any instants and sorceries. So this is not appropriate in a Spellslinger deck that's mostly instants and sorceries. However, in pretty much any other kind of deck where either you have a big board commitment, like Cranko, mm-hmm. or you're doing Chaos. Uh, I mean, we talked about this in a recent episode, Mike. A lot of Chaos decks these days are apparently running Cascade. There are fewer yeah. things better to Cascade into than a zero mana spell. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This is this is a... And again, buyer beware. This is one of those cards where it feels weird because basically for this card to do well in a deck, it has to be one of the few, you you almost don't want to build around it. Right. It has to be kind of like this bonus thing that you can do or this like... It's like if you have an all creature deck and then one primal surge, that's the best way yeah. to play a creature deck. And and here's the way I was actually looking at it. Yeah. So my Vivictus Asmati, the dire deck. Yeah is all permanents. Perfect. And it's all permanents because I never want to flip into an instant or sorcery. But what if you and put I've... this into it and it's one card that's not And that's what I'm sitting here yeah. doing. And I was like, like you ooh. know what? I should. But, oh man, I don't know. You can know. just call it your win con, right? Like you're allowed it, to have one win con. It might be. Yeah. But uh, but but at the same time, this is this is absolutely going in my Kaneos and Tiro deck because mm-hmm. much like yours, it's it tokens. is a token-based yeah. deck. Let's go ahead and get everybody a whole lot of stuff. By the way, I'm going to turn all of my stuff into weird stuff. So we talked about how the other three cards are weakened by the suspend effect. And this card similarly has an Achilles heel. And that is that the board can be wiped prior to you getting to resolve this spell. Yes. Um, And obviously, if you have a very large commitment to the board and there's three full turns between now and when the spell resolves... Mm-hmm. People are probably going to try to to wipe the board. However, it can be played around, and yep. this is why we've chosen the card because it has that counterplay. Yep, it's the the way that this goes badly is it requires a board wipe from somebody else yep. the turn prior to you casting it, mm-hmm. then shuffling nothing but lands into your deck then revealing that many cards and whiffing pretty hard to not at least get some value for a two-mana spell. There has to be a certain... There's a certain amount of bad that has to happen for the even middling downside of this card. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you wanted to be very rude with this card, uh, you could blow up all the lands, and Mm -hmm. then when you shuffled all your non-land permanence back in you would be the only one to get lands and everyone else is screwed yep now i wouldn't recommend it but that's definitely an avenue that's it it, it, at the same time if you're somebody who is playing land destruction to be able to win the game this will help you win the game it'll help you i don't know if you build around this card Mm. but this is already going into that deck right (laughs) i think the real the real place of this card truly shines mike is in that chaos deck with cascade Mm -hmm. because you're getting it right away it's um, it's it's a nutty card very interesting um, 
So I feel like we've done this a couple of times recently, which is nice. Do you agree with me that of these, uh, of this cycle, the green site, uh, the green cycle card is the worst of the bunch? No, I would not agree with that. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's actually exciting then. Why don't you tell me about Guy as well? Oh my gosh, Mike. Now, the only part about this that is the weakest one is that it has the longest amount of turns suspended. That is very uh, so specific guys where is, I was going at. Okay, that's the only way that this is the worst one, because mm-hmm. the actual text on the card, Mike, is silly. So Guy's Will is a no mana cost sorcery for suspend four for a single green mana, one mana. Yes. Until end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a mm-hmm. card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. Mike... <laughs> What is this card based on? I honestly don't know. It's Yogmoth's Will. Oh! Which is a black card, first of all. Yeah. And it's one of the most powerful spells ever printed in the game. Yeah. How many different formats is Yogg's Will banned in? Let's find out. Yogmoth's Will is banned in Legacy and restricted in Vintage, Mike. That's how power... And it's in black, This is a green card that costs one-third the mana. Now, you do have to suspend four, granted. But it's a color-shifted version that costs less, and it's a functional reprint of a card that is so powerful, it is banned or restricted in the most powerful formats in the game. Okay. Now, this is not like going to destroy our format because you have to suspend no. four. But right. when you say this is the worst card in the bunch, I have to disagree with you. So tell me. So here's my argument. When you look at Resurgent Belief, mm-hmm. suspend two enchantments back to, from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Okay. Suspend two, two mana. Cool. If that is something that people are going to stop, they're that they've got two turns to stop it. There's a couple ways to stop it. You exile your graveyard, you counter it, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Inevitable betrayal. That's something where you can work with somebody. So there's a better chance for it to actually come out. When we're talking about power level of the card, I'm not talking about the power level of the card is the worst. I'm talking about the likelihood of you playing this card and it resolving is kind of double. It's kind of like this two, uh, it's, it's kind of something that I don't expect to have a crazy effect on the game very often for this one reason. Sure. Suspend four, which means you cast it, and four turns after that, four yep. upkeeps from now, that is when you're going to resolve it. It is a long if time. You, if you have this spell and you get to resolve it four turns from then, mm-hmm. you're already winning the game. Because there's no way that I'm going to let somebody who has this on board survive for three turns. We've talked about this, Mike. Like, that's true. Something can be a removal magnet or draw a lot of hate. But something being a removal magnet or drawing a lot of hate is not in and of itself a detriment to the quality of the card. Sure. And that's that's where I'm going. You may not want to run this in your deck, but... Let's say that we're in Magical Christmas Land. You get this turn one. Mm-hmm. And then you spend turns two through four basically filling up your graveyard. You're in green. You yep. can do that. You're and then on evolving turn five, wilds. On turn yeah, five, like you that. are you're running away with stuff. So mm-hmm. 
I, I mean, this is, like I said, it's not going to ruin the format. This isn't Yagmas' no. will. Yagmas' will, this ain't. But the fact of the matter is that the words on this card, even though they come with the Rider of Suspend 4. They are very scary words. Right. I will give you that. You're, like, they're going <laughs> to draw the hate. And the fact of the matter is that you can cast this and just let it sit there and then not even worry about filling your graveyard. And mm-hmm. maybe everyone's just so worried about your graveyard that they're not appreciating what you're committing to the board. And, and you then, sneak stuff on, yeah, et maybe, Then you have a high commitment to the board. People forget about this card, which they will. They probably mm-hmm. will. Uh, and then they'll blow up the board, and now all of a sudden, all of your best stuff is in the graveyard. And you can reanimate all your stuff. There are a lot of lines that exist with Yawgmoth's Will that basically just end the game. Now, right. I would not be surprised to see this card be functionally a win con in the right kind of deck. Sure. And th- and that's totally fair. Because I'm I, this is going to sound silly, and maybe it's just because I've built a lands deck, so I've got a lot more of those lands mm-hmm. coming from the graveyard mm-hmm. cards in my head. I'm so much less concerned about the playing lands from the graveyard effect. Because unless you can get multiple land drops, or unless there's a card where somebody literally blew up your your best land and well fine i'm just gonna get it back when this thing resolves right there's a lot of cards that you can just play that say hey take all of the cards that you got in your uh, your land cards and put them onto the battlefield or mm-hmm. sacrifice this to bring the, that kind of thing the casting spells it kind of depends i guess where you're at in the game for me the other part of this that i i, I kind of think is a good factor of it if i'm the one using it I think I've got board wipe protection at the same time because mm-hmm. yeah. all you're going to really do if you wipe my board and this is played mm-hmm. and we're just ticking down the clock, you have to wipe my board, then have an answer for this card that could bring some of that stuff right. back. It's, it it's, it's a powerful a card. comprehensive response and yes. it demands it for only one mana. And I think that's yep. why I'm seeing this as a very powerful effect. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But that's the cycle, Mike. How are you, you feeling me. about this cycle? It's it's interesting. I like suspend. I like suspend the same reason I like foretell. It is uh-huh. something where you you get to put everybody on notice for some reason and some direction. Right. Whether it's foretell and you're just putting it down and hey, I've got something could be scary. Who knows? Or it's something like this and hey, I've got something. It could be scary. Who knows? Let's talk about it. And I I dig that effect and I I like I like that in our format right on okay so we've done the cycle that was the only cycle we wanted to talk about let's wrap back around to the top of the color wheel and talk about white again mike tell me about uh esper sentinel a white uh one mana card draw effect question yeah yeah uh so this is esper sentinel one white for a one one human soldier artifact creature Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. So, it's a 1-1. One, one. And it's a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So the idea of having a 1-1 one, one for 1 mana that says whenever an opponent casts, a, casts their first non-creature spell mm-hmm. each turn, they have to pay 1 mana, otherwise you draw a card. Yeah. It's conditional, but... Yeah. 
in white for one mana? I'm down for that. Yeah, this is effectively white's version of Mystic Remora. Now, it's nowhere near as powerful as Mystic Remora. However, it's in white, so I wouldn't expect it to be. No. Now, the fact of the matter is that by itself, it's already demanding that you pay the one. Which Yes. Now, it's only for one non-creature spell each turn, but right. this is still quite effective. Now, in a white deck, uh, many white decks are predisposed to plus one, plus one counters. Mm-hmm. And later in the game, when this becomes three, four, five power, now you're telling people to pay a tax that they cannot afford to pay, which right. is how Mystic Remora really works. It makes you pay four. People can't afford to pay four, Mike. Nobody ever pays the four. So no. if you can pump this thing up, I mean, even if you can't pump it up, it's good. But if you can pump it up, this might be one of the best cards in your deck. It might be. And here's the thing. You said plus one, plus one counters because that is yeah. a white synergy that happens a lot. Right. Totally, totally understand. My mind immediately went to equipment decks. Sure. Because this is an, an artifact. artifact. You're right. So it synergizes with yeah. that. It's a one mana artifact. It, it's There are a bunch of stuff that, hey, you know what? I'm going to put on this two mana equipment that gives it plus two, plus two. Or increases its power just a little bit. Great. Now this thing sticks around a little bit better. Yeah. And more importantly, can you pay three? Yeah, the difference between asking someone to pay one and pay two or three is... Ooh, people yeah. might be willing to pay one. People hate paying two or three. And past that, they're just not going to. And the real reason that I like this beyond everything else is... I, I, I know the diminishing returns of non-creature spell. Yeah versus just spell I, yeah. I get it but man you know what control players hate they hate getting rid of things and also giving their opponents other stuff too when they do so yeah you gotta so, you gotta remember if people want to remove this they're playing a non-creature spell to do it almost every time mm-hmm. and they probably don't want to pay extra to do it right. so worst case scenario you're drawing a removal spell and can tripping yep for one mana yeah it, it I, if okay, let's say this card was pay one mana. Yeah. The next time your opponent removes this card, or <laughs> when this leaves the battlefield, uh-huh. draw a card and take you know a removal spell out of an opponent's hand. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's that. that's the worst case scenario, and it's still pretty decent. But, right. I mean, we've talked about this. There are cards that provide such small incremental amounts of value. This is one of them that mm-hmm. people are loath to remove them. Nobody is going to want to have to remove this. And when they do, no. boy, that's painful because you know that there are better things in your deck that they want to remove, like Smothering Tithe, another sure. White of Sun Titan. Like people will want to remove better things than this. They really don't want to remove this. And if they do, I mean, that's they blew a removal spell on a one mana one one, Mike. That's well, gotta feel bad. You put they blew a spell on a one mana one one and you that isn't that is an artifact. And a creature, yeah. which are the two things that are really easy to bring back from your right. graveyard. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's so good. I love this card. I like the design of it. I like what they're doing. I I understand that white can't, and when I say can't, by their definition, and by they, I mean, by my definition, white should be able to do a lot more stuff. Sure, but I like the idea of hey, we're gonna give white card draw in a way. But it has to be in this way that we've drawn out for white. Mm-hmm. And getting cards like this every once in a while, I go, okay, you know what? I see what you're doing. It's not how I would do it, but at least you're doing it. Fine. Mike, is and, this, like, oof. this is 
right on par. I would play this or Lantex on my turn one play, and I would be equally happy with both of them. Oh, I'd be you happier with this I'd, than Lantex. I'd love. You'd be happier with this than Lantex? I would. Wow. I would. Because with Lantax, I am filtering my deck and I'm ensuring I don't miss any land drops. Right. With Esper Sentinel, I have this, are you sure you really want to destroy this thing? Mm -hmm. It's a one mana one one. And there's not a lot of people running shock. You know, like there's, there's, so if you really want to destroy this, that's fine. I'm probably going to draw off it anyway. And if this card draws me three cards off the top of my deck, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Like, this is a pretty but, good mid-or late game play. If you drop this turn one, you are racing out to an early lead. If you drop, if somebody drops this turn one in your meta, that is one of those times where it's like, hey, it is totally reasonable to destroy it as soon as possible. Yeah, this is an it's totally incredible fun. turn one play. Ugh, Esper Sentinel is fun. All right. All right. Let's move on. We've amped on it too much. Let's go ahead and talk about Out of Time. Out of Time. Now, this is a one generic white-white enchantment that says, when Out of Time enters the battlefield, untap all creatures, then phase them out until Out of Time leaves the battlefield. Put a time counter on Out of Time for each creature phased out this way, and it has Vanishing. Vanishing says, at the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter from this enchantment. When the last is removed, sacrifice it. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a whole bunch of words that says when it enters, untap all creatures, phase them out, and then put a, just essentially put a clock on this for as many creatures as it phased out. When it leaves, bring them all back in, right? Yeah. Now, this is different from giving a creature phasing. Yes. Because if they had phasing, then they would phase back in before their uh, controller's next untap step however mm-hmm. because they phase out until something happens as long They're as this remains on the battlefield out. they simply do not exist yep so board wipes can't get them they don't count when you're counting how many permanents you have they can't be spot removed they don't count towards devotion they're not there even though they're there they're treated like they're not there right. um vanishing is effectively just the opposite of suspend yep it, they both use time counter effects now Phasing out creatures, this is a very interesting effect. Usually when you're paying three mana for an enchantment in white, mm-hmm. it's for a, an effect like this, but it's more like an O-ring effect where you exile one creature or exile one non-land permanent until the card leaves the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Now, in some circumstances, phasing out is even better than exile, even though they have the opportunity to get it back because... When something is exiled, for example, your commander, you can put it in the command zone and then get it back if you choose to. But when your commander's phased out, you can't put it in the command zone because it hasn't changed zones. Mm -hmm. So your commander's kind of being held hostage, Mike. Yeah. And here's the other thing with it. This is a three mana wipe the board not wipe it, but, you know, remove creatures mm-hmm. from the board until I choose to right. as well, which is kind of nice. The ability, if you've, if you've got a blink deck and you're looking for a bunch of ETBs, this is something I could see going in. Well, here. we need to be careful. I'm not sure if this is what you meant, but when things phase out and phase in, they don't have LTB and ETB effects. Oh, yeah, you're I right. I want to make you're sure right. for our listeners 
that because they don't change zones, they don't leave the battlefield and they don't enter the battlefield. That makes sense. Hey, everything that I just said, ignore hey, that. that's okay. And I, I said it on purpose because I wanted Alex to uh, clarify that for oh, yeah. all of our listeners. He loves when our... I correct him. This is an interesting card. I, I, I do like it. Um, it's it's unique Mm -hmm. and i i kind of dig when they when they're like hey we're going to take this kind of effect that you're used to but we're going to switch it up a little bit um speaking of let's talk about search the premises yeah why don't you why don't you read that search the premises three and a white for an enchantment whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control investigate uh for Mm -hmm. newer players investigate is create a colorless clue artifact token with the activated ability pay two and sacrifice draw a card uh, mm. that is a mechanic from uh, shadows of her Innistrad, i believe that is just now being brought back and i mean interestingly enough clues are allowed to be used in colors that like white and colorless uh, usually aren't allowed to draw cards very easily right. now i wouldn't expect to draw very many cards off of this what i would expect is for people to not attack you Yes, but here's the thing. There's plenty of white cards that say, don't attack me unless right. you can blank. Right. And this isn't, this doesn't discourage somebody from being able to attack right. you. Well, let's... Which it, I like. Let's talk about this a little bit because... Yeah. Uh, in the context of goading and forced combat, which is where my mind is going. Okay. The other effects like this, Ghostly Prison and uh, Norn's Annex... There are a lot of effects, uh, a few in white, that do this. Uh, those effects do entirely prevent someone from being forced to attack you. We've talked about this before. If you have an effect that taxes someone from attacking you, and then you either goad their creatures or force them to attack, they can't be forced to attack you and pay the mana cost. Now, they can if they right. want to, and they choose to pay the mana cost, but you can't make them. This is different. If you force someone to attack you, They still have to attack you, and then you're going to investigate for each creature that does. So this has a little bit of upside in specifically a goad or a forced combat deck. I just just want to give them... I want to give wizards a little bit of credit here. Thank you very much for not turning this into whenever one or more creatures attack you. I know, right? Like, I read this card card three times just to make sure. Because I'm like, okay, four mana for an effect... That seems about right. right. That's it's about right for four mana. Right. Where's the catch? Where's the catch? Oh, this is just a decent white card. Okay, fine. Well, the catch um, is that you're not drawing the card. You're right. being given a token that lets you, at a future time, pay two mana to draw a card. Now, paying two mana to draw a card is a pretty good rate when you're not yeah. in blue. Like, we know, yeah. we, we respect the two mana drawing a card. That's a pretty good rate. We like that. But it's not just that, Mike, because a clue token is also an artifact. Mm-hmm. And Wizards has been providing some more support, especially for equipment-based yeah. white artifact and equipment decks. Oh. And there are a few cards that care about the number of artifacts you control. And I'll tell you, artifact tokens are a pretty good way to increase the number of artifacts you control. I can tell yep. you that firsthand. They're, so, they're, so, they're being so kind to me. I've I've got too much Boros equipment or or Boros artifacts and other things decks. So things like Esper Sentinel, things like Search the Premises, I just I just appreciate it. It's just nice. 
Now, there is an interesting synergy with this and then one other card that got printed. Now, we're not going to talk about this card in detail other than its relation to mm-hmm. uh, to what we just talked about. But there is an extremely high synergy effect that goes with this Academy Manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. For three mana, it's an artifact creature assembly worker, one three. And it says, if you would create a clue, food, or treasure token, instead create one of each. Um, That's so, it's now, so clue, busted. we just went over. You pay two and sack it, you'll get a card. Uh, food is pretty garbage. You'll pay three and sack it and gain three life, right? Or pay two. Uh, three or two. Three, I, it's, whatever it's one it is. Two, yeah. And then treasure is the best one of the three, right? You'll tap and sack mm-hmm. it and you'll get one mana of any color. Yep. Now, Mike, if you have these two cards out, whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control and investigate, create a food token, and create a treasure token, uh, well, first of all, literally nobody's ever going to attack you. No. And if you force them to attack you, the amount of value you're going to get is absolutely colossal. Like, I, oh I would, my god. I would like I would like you to attack me with these four creatures, and I'll oh, make I'm going to get 12 artifacts, artifact tokens, and then I'm going to play Blink Moth earn mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i'm going to make an absolute buttload of mana <laughs> inspiring statuary please um, <laughs> these are all mana very rocks. nice all very of nice. them uh, uh right so let's cool. let's move on to bloom i tell me about our first yeah. blue card here so this is one i actually wanted to ask you about so i'm pretty yeah. happy here uh dress down one generic and a blue for an enchantment with flash that says when it enters the battlefield draw a card mm-hmm. creatures lose all abilities at the beginning of the end step Sacrifice Dress Down. Okay, so this is a one mana, all creatures lose all abilities. But uh, it replaces itself. It's two mana. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I meant a, uh, yes. So, two mana, all creatures lose all abilities, mm-hmm. with flash, replaces itself because you draw a card. Yeah. And it helps, for, it helps for a turn. Right. Okay. How does that work if a creature is equipped with something? Yeah, Mike, so when... We talk about this, creatures lose all abilities. We're talking about layers. Okay. And layers is the shorthand for the interaction of continuous effects in magic. Now, we're not really going to go super deep on this because layers is perhaps the most complex and most rabbit hole. Judges spend years studying how layers work. Mm -hmm. Um, But effectively... Uh, the the crash course is that there are seven different layers that apply in order based on what kind of continuous effect it is. When I say continuous effect, I mean an effect that uh, applies to a zone or to an object. For example, creatures lose all abilities is a continuous effect. It's a static ability, continuous effect. Um, and then we have when dressed down ETBs draw a card. That's a triggered ability. And at the beginning of the end step, Sacrifice Dress Down is also a triggered ability. Um, so let's talk about how this interacts. You have a layer for uh, gaining and losing abilities. Sure. And within that layer, if there are multiple effects that apply, first we're going to see if there's something called dependency. Now, this is a whole other thing. We're not really going to get too far into this. But <laughs> dependency uh, is, is basically a... Uh, an instant runoff tiebreaker thing that says, okay, we're going to look at these effects, and if one of the effects becomes more effective if you apply it later, then you get to apply it later. This is probably not going to come into play here, um, unless there's some other effect that, like, 
gives permanence the ability to be a creature, which there are some of those effects. It's not really going to apply. Sure. So we're going to move on from there to what we call timestamps, which you may okay. have heard before. Timestamps yep. is basically the final tiebreaker, double tiebreaker, double overtime. Uh, this is you got to go for the three, Mike. You got to make this shot. Um, in time in uh, in timestamps, what we're looking for is when that continuous effect began to take effect, when its timestamp is. And timestamp, you may have heard this in other contexts, and you like see a a date and a time and like the number of seconds, and it's in this time zone. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things that happened before and things that happened after. All that matters is the relative position in time of each effect. So to wrap all this up, if something is equipped and then you make it lose all abilities, it is going to lose the abilities that it gained from that equipment. However, Mm. if you then equip it with something else, Sure. Or you unequip it by giving it to a different creature and then re-equip it. Now you've introduced a newer timestamp. New timestamp. And because the timestamp is later than dressed down, it's going to have that ability, even though it doesn't have any of its other ones. So that's the extremely shortened, compact, (laughs) five-minute answer, Mike. I hope that wasn't too long. No, no. I mean, because it's important. And the reason that I was asking is because it fits with the actual art on the card then, where you literally have this soldier who all of their equipment, their armor, their yeah. weapons, their he's, shield, like all this stuff is taking it all off. They floated away yeah. from from them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I figured that was the case. Yes. I knew if you re-equipped it would be fine. I just didn't know if you kept the equipment on, if that mattered. You do because, keep the equipment on. Yep. But if that equipment gives it any abilities, which most mm-hmm. equipment do, it won't have them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's neat. And this is this is a good card. This is a very good shutdown. It is. This is uh, quite a bit like Sudden Spoiling, which yeah. is a black effect uh, with split second. But this is an enchantment with flash, and it's in blue. And the reason why I applied this, it's twofold. The first one is it's effectively a, a non-board wipe board wipe that can be used yes. in almost any context. You can use this offensively or defensively as a combat trick. Mm-hmm. You can basically say, like, oh, this combat is going to be a complete blowout for whichever side I choose. You can put it in somebody else's combat phase. Right. But the other thing you can do, and we've talked about this, this is an outside the rules of the game action. But you are allowed to reveal cards, I'm, you know this, Mike, from any hidden zone that you have access to, like your hand, Yep. at any time that you so choose. You are allowed to threaten people with this card. And say, hey, listen, you can attack me if you want to, but I'm going to tell you right now, none of your creatures will have any abilities. So all of that awesome stuff that you think, like, you think you're going to get an attack trigger? No, no, no. You think you're going to get a combat damage trigger? You think that you're going to deal infect damage to me? No, infect is an ability, and it doesn't have it anymore. It's a rough card. Yeah. It, 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 you gotta like it to every time that a card is worst case scenario it saves you best case scenario right. wins you the game it's only two mana yeah alright uh, let's go ahead and move on to black here mm-hmm. with break the ice black black for a sorcery destroy target land that is snow or could produce colorless mana mm-hmm. it also has overload for four generic black black 
that says you may cast this spell for its overload cost if you do change its text by replacing all instances of target with each which wow. turns it into a six mana destroy all lands that are snow or could produce generic mana colorless mana Col- sorry colorless. colorless yeah like this is now this was clearly designed for modern this is a modern master set Mm-hmm. So it's meant to be printed into modern. And specifically, for those who play modern, I don't. I understand this is meant to hose Tron, which is a very dominant archetype in modern that sure. basically relies on the Urza Tron lands that just make a ton of colorless mana. However, this is extremely applicable in EDH mm-hmm. because we need to <laughs> we need to have a serious discussion about this. You remember that recently, uh, I mean, back in... It was in Modern Horizons 1 that added Snowlands again, and then we just got them again. In a recent set, we had Snow Dual Lands, which are lands that tap for two different kinds of mana and their snow. The amount of players running Snowlands has never been higher. Pretty much, except for this card and maybe one other card, there's almost no downside to running them. So lots of Snowlands. We'll put that aside. We also have lands that can produce colorless. Every utility land in the game with very few exceptions, can produce colorless mana. Right. Most of people's strongest lands, other than, you know, the super busted lands like Guy's Cradle and Sarasitem, most of people's best lands are going to be utility lands. Mm-hmm. So for six mana, you are completely blowing out. And this is the big one, Mike. Snow lands are basics. This destroys basic lands if they're snow. Right absolutely brutal talk to me so it this card is weird to me because it's both narrow and extremely broad at the same Uh time it's a meta card yeah it really is like if and here's the thing you're gonna be playing against a decent amount of people that have utility lands yes but then how many utility lands are you running as well you know it's it's it is it is extremely meta-dependent in that this is a good card, depending on who you're playing against. I think that and, if you play this in your black deck yeah, and you're running utility lands, it needs to either be a lands deck or you just aren't running very many utility lands. Right. Like, I... It's not a bad card by any means. I mean, even if it's... Even as just a two black... No, even as a two black destroy mm-hmm. target snow or utility land mm-hmm. that's pretty solid by itself this is an uncommon too like we need to yeah. put this in context this is at the power level of a rare card easily yeah but it's you're uncommon. You're, you're gonna you if you buy a couple of packs of modern horizons yeah. 2 you're gonna get one of the these. pre-order price for this is two dollars and this is one of the best land removal spells we've seen in years yeah no I, i've got no problem with it it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's a weird card but it's not a bad one by any means mm-hmm. So this is something that absolutely destroys things that make colorless mana. Uh, do we want to go ahead and talk with a card that, I mean, I'm going oh to buy seven God. of just yeah, for so whenever. Let's let's <laughs> just for whenever this. we play each other again. This, uh, oh my God, Mike. Frankly, I can't even believe they printed this card. This card is damn, as in damnation, but shorter. Damn for black, black. Damn black, black sorcery. Uh-huh. Damn. Destroy target Damn. creature. A creature destroyed this way can't be regenerated. Overload sure. two white white. 
Yeah. So this is an Orzhov card for Commander. You need to be in black and white at least to be able to cast it. A lot of people didn't catch that the first time around. This is an Orzhov card. Now, that being said, in both white and black, we got Wrath of God, we got Damnation. Both of Mm -hmm. them have this effect. Destroy all creatures. Those creatures can't be regenerated. Both of those are four mana, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And they don't have the option to cast them for two mana as spot removal. And this one does. So yep. as long as you're in an Orzhov deck, Mike, this is a strictly better removal card. This All is it. crazy. This most is one of, of the best removal spells ever. Sorry, go on. No, you're good. Uh, you're totally right here. Because most of the times when I see a two mana removal card mm-hmm. that says destroy creature... I usually I, I like I'm sitting here waiting for it to say tapped yeah. or non-black non-artifact well, or something black, along those so, lines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But just destroy target creature. Can't be regenerated. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Four mana turns it into a wrath of god instead. That's great. This is this never is a, great a card. dead card. Yeah. It's Also it's just called damn. It's called damn. <laughs> And, I mean, everyone is super hyped about this card, Mike. It's pre-ordering for yeah. $21 right now. Yep. Um, I mean, we just have to appreciate that Orzov or Silverquill is whatever you want to call it, black-white, sure. is the absolute king of removal. Like, yeah. white is pretty good at removal. Black is very good at removal. Black mm. and white is on a whole other level. Take I mean, all we, of the removal. We talked about like <laughs> merciless eviction. Yep. We talked about uh, anguished unmaking. We talked about uh, spark spark harvest, whatever it's called. There are mm-hmm. so many black white effects that are just absolute top tier removal, and this is joining the list. It's it's very good. Yeah. It, it, it you gotta like everything else about the actual card text is good. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that's gonna be more fun to me. Then even if it happens against just me, throw it down and just say damn, damn, damn. <laughs> That's never just, not going to be happening. No, yeah. no. It's. Uh, I'll tell you what. We're we're on to the uh, the multicolored cards here. So sure. why don't we go and move on to Piru, the volatile? All right. Which is expensive. Two generic, two red, two white, two black for a seven seven legendary creature, Elder Dragon. But I think it's worth it. Um, flying lifelink at the beginning of your upkeep. Sacrifice Piru the Volatile unless you pay red, white, black. And when it dies, it deals seven damage to each non-legendary creature. Wow. So can we talk real quick about um, this thing dealing damage to every non-legendary creature with lifelink right. on We have a lot to talk about here. So Holy let's, shit. Let's start with that ability. I'm going to edit it, that part out, but damn. Yeah, so each <laughs> it's going to deal seven damage to each Nazlandry creature, and for each of those creatures, you will gain seven life. Uh-huh. Now, let's, let's count this meta out. It's two red, red, that's four. White, white, that's six. Black, black, that's eight. This yep. is eight mana, six of which is colored pips, and basically you lose the creature unless you pay the FQ cost. Now, this is, mm-hmm. of course... For those of us uh, who who know our commander and legends history, this is an elder dragon in the exact style of the yes. original elder dragons from time long ago, back when mm-hmm. this game was called Elder Dragon Highlander, and the only cards you could have at the helm were the elder dragons. Yep. 
Well, if this card existed back then, it would have been one of them. There was Nico Bolas yep. and there were all the other ones. Those were all phenomenally mana expensive. They were all 7-7s. Seven and they all sacrificed themselves at the beginning of your upkeep unless you paid three colored mana. This is easily sliding in. It This just feels right at home with that group of creatures, Mike. This is... I mean, it's it's big. This is very Timmy, but... yeah. Oh my god. I mean, this is one of the most powerful board wipes ever. I mean, well, and it's mana. a when yeah. it's a when you feel like it board right. wipe too. Yeah, you could sacrifice this immediately to like Ashnods and make it a 6 mana board wipe. You sure. could put it on the battlefield maybe with haste and attack with it, you know, get some damage in and then mm-hmm. it I mean, when it dies, you don't even have to wait, right? You can sacrifice it when it dies. I mean, you, the board doesn't even have to be that full. Let's say there are five other creatures on the board. Yep. It'll deal seven to each of them, and you'll gain 35 life. Yep. It's not that it's bad. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. Um, I don't know who. It's kind of silly. If, I, if I'm if i playing this card, I'm, I'm playing a, gra- a graveyard recursion deck. Oh, yeah. You, wanna, you don't want to pay eight for this. You want to pay zero no. and then blow the whole board up and get a ton of life. Right. Yeah. And and but at the same time, like even even if you're really really into the idea of making this your your like actual you're going to make this your commander. Totally fine. There are cool. some people Go who would it. be extremely happy to have another elder dragon. Yeah. yeah. And that's and you know and, and I'm talking to you on that everybody. Yeah. Um the idea of I'm going to cast this. Next turn, you know what? I don't feel like blowing up the board. I'll pay my 3 mana. That's the thing is this is uh as long as you it's have just, instant speed sacrifice, even if you don't, it's a rattlesnake. Yeah, it's and scary. You know what we say about rattlesnakes? They are extremely effective at doing at getting people to behave in ways that they don't want to behave. At getting people to change their behavior. They're going to commit less to the board. It has a chilling effect, we like to say. And you control when this snake bites. Mike, this card, even though it's eight mana, six of which colored mana... I mean, I think it's going to see playing commander. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's plenty. There's plenty of people that will play this because it's an elder dragon. There's right. plenty of people that will play this because dragon. oh, I'm going to reanimate it, so we're good. There's there's reasons to play it, and I I think it's oh my god. Can you imagine sneak attacking fun. this out for one mana and then it gets sacrificed at the end the of the turn? Is, the answer is yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Just sneak attack is so disgusting on this creature. Oh, um, let's move on over to, cause that's our only multicolored card other than damn. Uh, yes. let's move on to a stacks piece, Uh huh. an artifact void mirror. This is a very powerful piece Two mana for an artifact. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter uh-huh. that spell. Uh huh. Okay. So number one. Yep. All free spells are countered. Yep. Number two, all colorless spells yep. are countered, which is most artifacts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is powerful colorless planeswalkers like Ugin and Karn. Uh-huh. Which is powerful colorless spells like All is Dust. Other super powerful effects like that. Uh-huh. Emrakul, uh, the Promised End, my girl. Mm-hmm. Say no to her. Yep. This this single card, Mike, it, it if, turns you off. Right. If I were playing, if <laughs> this I were is playing a my, nuts card. If I were playing my Kaikar deck, 
against my Emrakul deck, this would be the silver bullet, right? Like, there's yeah. nothing I can do against this. Yeah. This is such a nutty card. Like Two mana. As a reference, I would have accepted this card as, that's pretty good. If it was two mana for whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was right. spent to cast right. it, counter it. Not even the added effect. Because we had that on Lavinia. Uh, yeah. If no mana was spent to cast the spell, uh, counter it. But this is yeah. even stronger than that because it just randomly counters any old artifact spell. It basically says, until this is off the board, until this two mana stacks beast draws spot removal, nobody can play artifacts. So help me out here, because yeah. if I tap a forest yeah. to cast a soul ring, I'm spending green mana to do that. Right, you are, you are. So this is relevant. So, you can spend colored mana to cast a colorless spell. Yes. That said, okay. one of the easiest things that artifact decks love to do is they'll use their lands to cast an artifact, a mana rock, for example, and then mm -hmm. they'll tap that mana rock to cast another mana rock. Yeah, That's one of the which classic artifact deck moves, and it yep. feels great. Like, you know the turn one, you've seen this. You play your land, and then tap one, put on a soul ring, tap the soul ring, tap play a signet. Yeah. Now, that's a phenomenal first turn, but that literally can't happen when yeah. Vordmir's on the field. It's this is this is a nutty card. It's interesting. Now you're you're right. I didn't really consider the fact that you can pay colored mana to cast generic mana spells. However, right. there are colorless decks there are a lot of them that i mean sometimes a stacks piece only has to be a silver bullet for one archetype of deck and yeah. i think that uh you and i both noticed this i've seen this on our various communities um on uh on major content creators i know that on uh game nights they regularly feature a uh a colorless deck and i know mm -hmm. more and more people are, are building colorless decks people are asking for a colorless precon people are becoming interested in colorless decks now that there are more colorless commanders and this well, is not just... good this is not going to be super efficient stacks piece in every deck however no i love to see silver bullets because it's just great to see that hard counter and if i was playing against uh one or more colorless decks and i'm running a stacks deck this card is perfect for me personally. Sure. Like, put it this way. If we're playing on a regular game with a couple of other players. Right. And you are playing your Emrakul deck. Do I wish this card was in my deck? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> this card completely... Yeah. If you're playing against a colorless deck, this card basically says, just go get a soda. You're done. No. Yeah. It's... Oof, that's rough. It's really rough. Okay. Mike, tell me about... Oh, what even is this? Tell me about this It's land. the best! Oh Yavimaya, this Cradle is... of Growth! Yeah. Legendary land. Each land is a forest in addition to its other land types. Oh, boy. Move over, Urborg. Uh, well, don't move Here over we because, uh, number one, this land is colorless. Like, yep. Uh, like every land except Dried Arbor is colorless. But it also has a color identity of colorless, which means mm -hmm. that this card, even though it has a green border, you can uh -huh. run this card in any deck, even if it doesn't have green. Gross, 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 so, gross, gross. You know me. I'm the kind of player 
who would run Urborg in a deck that doesn't have black just to help my fellow opponents and my, my fellow players fix their mana. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now you can run. And and that's the other thing is uh, when it says each land is a forest in addition to its other types, just like Urborg allows itself to tap for black, this allows itself to tap for green. And if mm-hmm. you have both Urborg and Yavimaya, then every land can tap for black or green. And this is... It's, it's just a nice effect when you help other players get their fixing, get their deck on board. Now, I know a lot of people are looking at this and saying, oh, this is my perfect green fixing. I'm going to run this in every green deck I have. It's just better than a forest. But this is also better than a forest for the purposes of just playing a group hug deck. I think this is going yep. in most green group hug decks, Mike. I What bums me out is right now this is a... About a twenty-eight dollar card, twenty-eight thirty. That's a hefty price tag on that one. Yeah, and I want I want this in like three decks. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. It's like, well, I hope I get lucky. What an incredible card! I I will put it this way: I'm absolutely going to buy one of these for for my Damia lands decks. Sure. Just because I I love it. It's it's so good. I mean, there's it's such a good card. You might hear me talk about like, oh, Urborg's a group hug card, or Yavi Mai's a group mm-hmm. card, and just roll your eyes because like. Oh, well, like, sure, technically, it gets big. No, genuinely, when Urborg hits the field, even in a deck that isn't a group hug deck, the first thing that, like, usually at least one or two people at the table are like, oh, thank God, now I can play this. Right. Because that player doesn't mean to fix them, but they are. Right. If if one other player is playing black, congratulations. They don't have to worry about black sources right. for the rest of now, the game. Now, a lot of people would consider that a bad thing, but for us, this is an upside. This is a gift to the table. Yep. And yep. this is going to, is as long as you play this with the open attendant, say, hey, everyone, like I notice you don't have, how many times have you heard this, Mike? I wish I could cast my commander, but I don't have this mm. color of mana. I ha- yeah. hear it all the and, time. You know, and here's the one thing I will say. Whether, even if you're in like a competitive format, if right. you're playing CDH, are you really happy if someone's mana screwed? Okay, let's not like, talk about CDH because I don't have anything to say about it. No, but like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here saying like if I feel like in a competitive format, the reason that people play competitive is because they want to have the most fast, efficient, right, powerful game possible, right? I think if that's what you're going for, you're not excited if you have one player that's basically like, well, I can't cast anything because I haven't drawn a, a green source this game. You know? And and that's that's kind of why I like this because I like those cards. I like the idea of, hey, everybody got green? Yes, you do. Right. I got you covered. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, uh, when I play effects uh, in, in my Vanifar deck that give people... Mm-hmm. You know, even a single green man every turn or two or three. Sure. Uh, even if these players aren't in green, they appreciate the extra mana. And the fact of the matter is that even if they're not in green, there are mm-hmm. enough players who play what we call spell lands, which mm-hmm. are utility lands that don't tap for mana. This makes them tap for mana. That yep. is a big deal. It's a very cool card. I like this. Yeah. And, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. The second that they make the Yavamaya coffers in oh, another set, then I'm, then I'm going to be upset. Oh but before then, God. before then, I'm totally fine. That's the main difference, right? Is that Black does have yeah. Cabal coffers and right. Cabal Stronghold. 
Green doesn't have either of those. Yeah, it just it just has every other. We'll see in two years. We'll see then. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 replay this episode and we'll we'll make a uh, we apologize. Right. (laughs) Disclaimer. All right, man. Well, I mean, that's what we got for Modern Horizons Two. It's how do we put this? It's it's doing less crazy stuff than we've looked at recently because this is Modern Horizons. You know, it's hey, we're gonna bring in some cards that have some familiar mechanics things along those lines it's a modern set totally get it but that doesn't mean that even if we're not looking at a bunch of group hug cards there's there's some stuff to this set that i'm I'm pretty excited about absolutely um now we talked about all the cards that we want to talk about but mm-hmm. let's briefly have a a 30 second judge's corner sure about uh, one particular card that I would just like to bring up. Now, a lot of you yeah. may already know this, but I have a feeling that some of you don't, and this is really relevant information. Uh, there's a new card that we didn't talk about this time called Grist the Hunger Tide. Yeah! Which is a one black green for a legendary planeswalker, Grist. And it says, we're not going to go over the individual abilities, but it has a static ability that says, as long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. Now, the the judges who have not been keeping up with the rules might be scratching their heads. And the new players, or players that aren't really invested in the rules, might be scratching their heads. When you see this, your first instinct might be to say, oh, that's a characteristic defining ability, a CDA. This is a very iconic uh, kind of ability that shows up in Magic that basically functions in every zone and defines the characteristics of a card. For example, its power, its toughness, its types, its abilities, uh, things like that. However, a characteristic defining ability cannot be conditional. So this isn't a characteristic defining ability. However, we have heard confirmation from Jess Dunks, the rules manager, that when this set comes out, this will be the case. This is a new kind of CDA that they're going to Hmm. define separately. And because of that, it's conditional, so it's not going to be a proper CDA. I don't know how they're going to do it, but Mm -hmm. what they're going to do is make it so that this ability allows Grist to be your commander. Because in the command zone, it's an insect. Yes. Yes. This is relevant information because a lot of people might have looked at this and been like, oh, well, that's a cool planeswalker, but I can't make it my commander. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's all I had to say, Mike. It's, 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 they're, they're making a special exception, which I get. Yeah. I also get why they didn't put that on the card. It's like, well, why didn't they just Well, the text is just Because there's a ton of text. Yeah. We're not reading the abilities, but suffice to say, uh, even the first ability itself is already three lines long. Yeah. And briefly, wow, this is a $40 card. Can we talk about, oh my gosh, look at this. Scryfall note, because Grist the Hunger Tide is a legendary creature. It can be your commander, and they have a link to Sheldon's tweet. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's look at this uh, alternate art number 306, uh, super art, borderless, however you want to call it. They they all look weird. This one looks like a Phyrexian. It has, like, bone and viscera and, I mean, this just looks so cool, Mike. What a cool idea for a Planeswalker. It's, and okay. it can be your commander, even though it doesn't say it can. 
This is a nutty card, yeah. and it's very good. Here's what you need to know about the card. They're making a special rules distinction mm -hmm. so it can be your commander. It's cheapest version on pre-order is about $40 yeah. with two alternate card, card arts. It has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines of text overall with it spacing out. Three different loyalty abilities for a three-mana Planeswalker slash Commander. Right. And they this talked is a about nutty this. Card. They Special talked about this mention. on the command zone. They, uh, <laughs> there's so many different things that can be done with this card because it's a creature when it's not on the battlefield. For example, right. like reanimating it. Uh huh. Um, oh god. Yeah. That's good lord. Okay. Well, that's anyway, that's, that's our modern horizon. Yeah, that's no. It's it. Thank you for making that point yeah. because it is. It's a good special mention. Um, that is our Modern Horizons 2 episode. That set will be coming out very soon. Pre-release has already happened. All the good stuff. Um, Alex, if people have questions about how you feel about the set or judges' questions on any of the other weird cards that are in the set, how can they contact you? Absolutely, Mike. You can find me on Twitter, uh, L-A-P-P-E-R Medic. Um, you can just tweet at me or you can DM me, ask me real questions. I'm happy to help. You can also email me directly at alex at edhrack.com. And if you want something a little, you know, maybe it's a little more uh, conversational. Well, you can come and join us in our Discord. Mm -hmm. We're going to have the link in our show notes. Go there and you can submit cards for the, ooh, can I see that? Which we promise we'll get back to very soon here. But there's always cards. There's just that so that many new coming. cards to talk about. We, we've got like essentially three weeks of episodes right. before we're going to do another That's set That's the other review. thing. So. Like when... <laughs> When our listeners come into our Discord, we have a special Discord channel where our listeners can recommend us who uh, can I see that cards yep. to feature on our segment. And if we do feature it, we will mention you by name. Everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. We hope that you get the cards that you're looking for. We hope that you have a wonderful time with this set. Go ahead and take a break when you get there because another set's going to come out soon and I am going to be nuts over that one because I'm a nerd in lots of ways. Until then, we'll talk to you soon.